This is the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of The Leach Report. Live from Wild Eggs of Lexington, it's UK football talk on the menu today. You can interact with the show by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call on the drinksword.com hotline at 877-904-1080. Now, alongside former Wildcat QB, Freddie Maggard, Here's the voice of the Cats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to our show. We're coming to you from the Wild Eggs in Palomar today for our Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report with the former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard, as we come to you an hour earlier than we usually do. Uh, the um, expansion of the KSR block uh, with uh, Shannon and Billy uh, taking the first hour to uh, lead into the regular KSR version on many of these stations around the state. Um, so we're moving up to the 8 Eastern, 7 Central hour, and we'll probably lose a few folks who will have to go to the podcast, and we'll gain a few folks. So for those who are finding us for the first time, welcome. Uh, Kentucky and uh, Georgia went at it down between the hedges in a battle of unbeatens on Saturday, and that's obviously what we're going to talk about over the course of the remainder of this hour here from the uh, mobile Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Uh, our Wildcat News of the Day is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Georgia wins it 30-13. to 13. And hence Kentucky, its first loss of the season. And now the Wildcats have an open date on the schedule. So they'll get uh, a couple of days off, and then it'll be right back to work. Mark Stoops uh, told us after the game on the U.K. radio network that he would uh, give them a couple of days to uh, refresh, uh, return, refresh, and refuel, like Clark's, I guess. And he would um, then put the the pedal back down. They're not going to back off, he said, um, they have a great chance to finish 11-1, and one, to finish in the top 10 for the first time, if they can do that, uh, get up to, to get to 11-1, to finish in the uh, maybe in the top 10 of the national polls for the first time since 1977. I think that team ended up finishing sixth in the country. Uh, they could be co-champions of the SEC East. Obviously, they would lose the tiebreaker to Georgia, uh, even if the Dogs were to lose one game, which... Certainly, after watching that defense in person, doesn't seem likely to happen. Uh, Kentucky had 27 rushing attempts for just 51 yards. And if you had heard that stat before the game, you knew it would be very difficult for Kentucky to find a way to win. Uh, a lot of these things I'll bring up we'll talk about with uh, Freddie, but I thought Will Levis played very well. Uh, played uh, built on the, on the game he had against LSU. He was 32 of 42 without a turnover against a brutal uh, Georgia defense. Uh, they uh, are one of the best defensive units statistically um, in in years in the SEC. Uh, people comparing them back to the 2011 Alabama defensive unit. Um, and then bef- before that, I'm not sure who, but they, they are loaded. Um, Kentucky came out of it reasonably healthy. Uh, an injury to Isaiah Cummings late in the game. Don't know the extent of that yet. Mark Stoops will not have uh, his regular Monday news conference at noon that he does because there's no game this week. So we'll have him on the UK Network radio show at 6 tonight. <coughs> Excuse me, and get an update on uh, Isaiah's injury, hopefully. But Vince Merrow was on the uh, 
Sunday morning sports talk show here in Lexington yesterday, and uh, he didn't give a timetable on Isaiah. He just said, um, you know, that he, I can't remember the exact answer, but it was um, you, you get the impression certainly that uh, he might be out for a little while. Uh, so we'll see when we uh, hear from Coach Stoops later today. They may get Josh Ali back for the Mississippi State game a week from Saturday, hopefully. Uh, rankings, Kentucky uh, didn't drop that far, 15 in the AP poll, 14 in the coaches' poll after the loss to Georgia. A couple of other notes, and then we'll get to the first break. LSU's Ed Orgeron is out after this season in Baton Rouge. They announced after they had beaten Florida that they have come to an agreement to, and Orgeron's going to be paid out the remainder of his contract, which is like $17 million, I think, just won the national championship two years ago. And then uh, one horse racing note, the Breeders' Cup, announcing yesterday that uh, Bob Baffert will be allowed to participate in the Breeders' Cup next month at Del Mar, but there will be enhanced testing of his horses and enhanced security all at his expense, and all of this uh, he has agreed to. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report with Freddie Baggard, where we come right back to... The Wild Eggs in Palomar. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. 14 past the top of the hour here on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report as we welcome in the Wildcat QB, Freddie Maggard. So, uh, your alma mater went toe-to-toe with the best team in the land. I was telling some, somebody at Keelan I was talking to yesterday, I said, it's there's a number one team every year, but not all number one teams are the same. It's right. uh, it's unfortunate that Kentucky was in this position and hooked a Georgia team that generationally has uh, has but uh, defense for the ages. Yeah, that defense was as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but you have to look at uh, the complete context. Statistically, Kentucky exceeded – Georgia's season average in scoring, five and a half, got 13. Passing, Georgia was giving up 137. Kentucky threw for 192. Total defense, Georgia was allowing 205. Cats go for 243. So, yeah, that Georgia defense is great. And I'm the one – I don't use that term. I I don't have recency bias, and they do not use the word great. But that Georgia defense is great and extremely deep. How deep? Well, I thought Luke, uh, Luke Fortner did a good job on Jordan Davis, the All-American, and then his backup, a true freshman, Jalen Carter, comes in, you know, with six tackles, and you know, it's just it's just depth. And I thought that Georgia defense tackled extremely well, and had had a couple goals that that it achieved was to slow Wondell Robinson and stop Chris Rodriguez Jr. and it did so. Cavache uh, Smoke led the team in rushing with 14 yards, so the run game wasn't there. The surprise of the day was not Georgia's defense. It was Kentucky's defense to me. Gave up nine yards of play. So every time the ball was snapped, Georgia was almost gaining a first down. That surprised me. The explosive nature of the Georgia offense, who I think is good, not great. Mm -hmm. The success it had against Kentucky surprised me more than anything in the game. Average 12.5 yards per pass attempt. Not completion, attempt. 18 yards per completion. Those numbers, Kentucky is not a team that gives up a lot of explosives. Five Georgia players had rushes of 15 yards or more. So 
that that was the surprise for me was Kentucky's defense was uncharacteristic against Georgia. And Kentucky had played some good offenses. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, Florida, yeah. LSU, yeah. and had led the nation up until this point in fewest plays of 20 or more yards allowed. Yes. They were second in yards per play, I think, in yeah. the league to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so Georgia did that, which tells you, obviously, that uh, Kentucky didn't play to its, the level it had been playing. Do you think that it's a – we have talked before about this defense doesn't have that one Josh Allen guy. Right. Josh Pascal's probably close, but that yeah. one Josh Allen guy that is you know getting sacks and disrupting everything. But collectively – they were so good that maybe they regret they regressed into trying maybe to do a little too much or yep. over try to make a play individually rather than yeah. collectively. That, that that could be the case, sure. And, and I think Georgia offensively, as it tried to take away Wandell and Rodriguez, did so with Josh Pascal. Josh fought through a lot of double, <laughs> some triple teams. Still had six tackles, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. So uh, I thought Josh Pascal played extremely well. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of production at the linebacker position. That dropped. But you have to realize, Georgia only ran 47 plays. Yeah. If you're that explosive in nature, you don't have a high number of plays. So square with four tackles, uh, you know, it just – it, it was a it was a it was a surprise how explosive Georgia could be because that's not an explosive offense. It's not hadn't been all year, uh, maybe against Vanderbilt, but not against quality opponents. But going into the game, Georgia was allowing three yard three point six yards per play. Kentucky was allowing four point six, and give up nine yards per play. That that surprised me. That was the story of the game. Uh, Stetson Bennett. We've, I've called him a game manager, and I think as a compliment, not an insult, was really, really good. 14 to 20, two throws were, he threw some uh, balls that were perfectly positioned. Yeah, uh, for 253 scores. I, I, I thought going into the game, Kentucky had to harass Stetson Bennett. Did not. That pass protection from Georgia was stout. One sack for the Cats. Uh, but, but Georgia, after this Kentucky game, has only allowed four sacks for the season. Yeah. So Kentucky was blitzing, nobody was getting home. And then Bennett, the veteran, got out of the pocket and hurt Kentucky in the rush game, had a 17-yard carry. So, yeah, just uh, just a surprise from the Kentucky defense. Offensively, I thought, in my opinion, I have been slow, uh, slow to give Will Levis credit because I wanted to see more. Mm-hmm. I really thought he played great last week. Again, not great. I thought he played really good against LSU. He earned my complete respect from his performance against Georgia. Tough, stood tall in the pocket. Uh, moved around the moved pocket around, better, I thought. Found, found receivers. You know, he, he completed 32 passes against this Georgia offense. With four or five drops. With four, well, we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, that, <laughs> that's got, that, that again, Kentucky had chances. Too far too many drops. And when you have, a passing game with one receiver, one SEC receiver, Wondell Robinson. Against a defense like that, that can take him away. For Will Levis to complete 32 passes, I thought was brilliant against that defense. The tight ends, nine catches. Uh, I thought they played extremely well. But Levis, to me, earned my respect at an extreme high level because how he battled, how he didn't get flustered, and how he performed against Georgia. That's Freddie Maggard, and this is our Shuffle Dean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. We're going to get you a break and come back. 
a little more analysis from Freddie, and then in the second half we'll get to your questions. You can tweet those in. Tweet them to uh, my personal Twitter account at TomLeachKY. Best way for me to see them here on location. And you can email LeachReport at gmail.com or you can give us a call. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Monday morning quarterback show on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar at our new time. Now, moving up an hour is not going to affect somebody like Freddie Maggard, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, had a school drop this morning. Well, yeah, they, yeah. you do have yeah. things like that. But, yeah. Uh, as far as getting up. No, I'm good. Uh, but uh, we uh, appreciate everybody making the adjustments and. Uh, if uh, you need to switch to the podcast option, that's uh, that's available. But uh, we're at this new time an hour earlier than we've previously been. Let's talk uh, about a couple of early opportunities for yeah. Kentucky. One was on Georgia's drive that they scored their first touchdown on. At the end of the first quarter, uh, Josh Pascal gets a hit on Bennett as he's throwing. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's an incomplete pass. I did initially credit Jeff Bacoro. He he was all he was saying jump on the ball. Nobody reacted to it. Because they didn't blow a whistle. Yeah. Finally, and, and there, there are two Kentucky players close to the ball where because nobody, everybody, everybody initially played it as an incomplete pass, that could be a scoop and score. And instead, a Georgia player uh, is the first to realize that it's a fumble and he runs and dives on the football and Georgia scores on the next play. The other missed opportunity uh, early for a chance to – because, you know – you're talking about fine points when yes. you're playing the number one team in the country and they're this good, to, you know, uh, at least to be uh, – to give yourself a chance. Kentucky's first drive, they're having a little success. Rodriguez runs them into a, what should have been a, sec, a third and two at the Georgia 41, but you have a, a receiver that's not lined up on the line of scrimmage to give you seven men, and so the gain is nullified. At that point, you're third and two. You don't take anything for granted against that defense, but you're close to being in range to get points on your first drive. Yeah, you know, I, I played a lot of defense. I actually played defense my first year at Kentucky. Did you really? What position? Safety. Secondary. So, you know, everything happens. What we see on TV is, is different than, than the field. You're, when you're on the field playing defense, you're watching, you know, you're, you're guarding your zone. You're, you're guarding your man. You're rushing the passer. And all t- intents and purposes, that looked like an incomplete pass. Yeah. So I understand people not, players not jumping. I get it because everything happens so fast. We see it slowed down, but it happened so fast. I can understand that. Need need to jump on the ball when in doubt, but but it football happens. Yeah. The opportunities missed, I thought, were on the other two phases of the game. Kentucky had two kicks blocked, which is now four for the season, and, and all of them I think up the middle, right up the middle, and that that is a concern. And then offensively with the drops. You know, you're going to get a penalty every now and you. You know, somebody's going to uncover that happens. I saw the Patriots do it last night. Yeah. Everybody, fair did. point, fair point. But the drops, I mean, I guess the Georgia defense is that good. An offense is only going to get so many opportunities. The chances were there. The ch- Will Levis was finding receivers, and then you had drops at critical junctures in the game. And that's, uh, you know, you got two weeks before Mississippi State. Maybe some of those young pass catchers can spend a couple weeks and try try to get up to speed. Because the way it happens is that once you get into game week mode, 
you don't really have time to develop because you're working on the game plan and getting reps for what you're going to run in the game and trying to decide what works best in practice. But But when you don't have a week without a game, that's where you do have a chance. Yeah, and thank God for Wondell Robinson transferring. <laughs> because, I mean, can you imagine where Kentucky would be without He's him? He's the MVT. Yes. Most valuable transfer Absolutely. in the country. And with Josh Ali out, you don't have a, a viable number two at receiver. Now, Harris came in and had a couple catches. Yeah. That was good to see. But there's got to be something happen at, in that position room, uh, in that position group. And, and everybody's danced around that this year. Me included, but it's time. I mean, something something yeah. has to develop. But I, I do like how I thought Cohen caught a brilliant game. I, yeah. I really do. Because if you scheme up 32 completions against that defense with one wide receiver, in essence, Epps had, had two catches but had, had a, couple, a couple drops. You scheme that up to, to complete passes to running backs, to tight ends. Screens, anything you can. I thought Cohen did a really, really good job of finding, just trying to find anything to work against that defense. And uh, credit to the players for being focused. They, I think some of the mistakes may have come from wanting something too yeah. much. But, and I say focused because offensively, you look at all the different things that they executed, yeah. motions and plays yeah. they hadn't used before, and a hook and lateral, and yeah. uh, you know, fake to Rodriguez, fake to Robinson, Riggs. Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's... That's a lot. You can't execute, you know, that well on a hundred different things, but they came pretty close. I thought Kentucky played extremely hard, Tom. I, yeah. I do. I, I don't think the moment was too big. I don't think Kentucky was intimidated by Georgia. It was just the game's outcome was due to an uncharacteristic defense and missed opportunities on offense and, and special teams. You can't get two kick spot. Somewhere, I've got this somewhere in a file, um... Because I saw it, I, I wrote it down, and it's uh, John Wooden was a guest on the pregame show, the 1980 National Championship basketball game. It's going way back, but I was I can't, I can't remember the exact quote, but the essence of it was, uh, you can want something. So I think he was talking about his former assistant, Denny Crum, was coaching in his first championship game, which they ultimately won that night. But he said, you can want something so badly sometimes that it can affect your play. Yeah, and I could see where maybe that. Yeah, it happens for Kentucky in that situation. Yeah, you know, and I, I try to look at it a little bit more analytically as far as the X and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. Uh, Kentucky has to find a complimentary receiver to Wondell Robinson. Uh, but I, I thought the Cats played hard. And I, I listen, football happens. Sometimes you got to tip your cat to the victors. Halfway home on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report from the Wild Eggs in Palomar. And we will be right back with Freddie Megger. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Really what I learned from this game is just to keep going, keep pushing. And when you face adversity, you got to jump on top of it. You can't let one turn into two. And that's something that we're going to focus on. This uh, bow week. We're blessed with a bow week coming up. We're going to rest our bodies. But at the same time, we're going to put it in the work so that we won't have this feeling again. That was Josh Pascal after the game. Yeah. Uh, Josh Pascal plays a different position from what Josh Allen played, yeah. and uh, so in, is in a position where he can enc- he gets to encounter more double teams. Or I was telling you, I saw an end zone shot of the play Georgia scored its first touchdown on right after the incomplete pass slash fumble, and they had on the little swing pass to Cook that he scored on. You can see 
three guys. This is passing on the previous play is just forced to fumble. Three guys are yeah. blocking him. Yeah. And that's kind of what Wandale faced on the other side. The reason he <laughs> had 12 catches for only 39 yards tells you that Georgia – not only, not only tackled well, but they had multiple guys there yeah. on him. Yeah, and Kirby Smart's defense has evolved. Uh, it's gone away from that just overabundance of, of press man and, and played a lot of base. Uh, you know, with, with Georgia bracketing Wandell and, and focusing on stopping him, you know, I'll say it again, I, I thought the Kentucky tight ends were tremendous. And, and that's an area of the offense that I think has evolved in a positive way. Ten catches. Uh, the Bates drop was bad, but but listen, you know, but that was just one of many. Uh, when you have opportunities, you have to capitalize. I wonder, a guy you were a, a big fan of from the state championship yeah. uh, weekend last year, if Cummings is out for a game or two, uh, Jordan Dingle, who had a great catch yeah, in did. the ULM game in yeah. the opener, maybe he could work into your rotation you because know, he's been you know just buried on the depth chart. Yeah, possibly. And then can you imagine next year with Keaton Upshaw and – Isaiah Cummings and Bates, the pressure that tight ends could and, and Dingle could yeah. put on a, a, a defense. So that's something positive to take from this game. Uh, but I, I agree with with Josh there. You, one can't lead to two. Yeah. And this this bye week came at an opportune time yes, in the schedule did. for Kentucky to heal up, rest up, and dial in and get ready to go because you know the, the, this back stretch is a lot tougher than than most thought. Than it looked in, in September. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some uh, fan questions. This is from Chris uh, on the Twitter feed. Uh, for Freddie, what happened to Chris Rodriguez, best running back in the SEC, disappeared on Saturday? No factor. That Georgia, Georgia happened. That Georgia happened. Uh, you know, Georgia was giving up 67 rush yards a game. Kentucky had 51. Um, you know, that, that again, that, that defense is generational. Uh, you know, I saw – a tweet from the Senior Bowl saying that they're going to need a bus to load up all the players <laughs> to go to Mobile. You know, it is it is it is great. I mean, I do, I don't use that term loosely. It, it is a great defense, a good offense, a great defense that is deep and so talented, especially at the linebacker position. They, and they, and they tackle really well. Sometimes you have to, uh, since uh, oddly phrased, know what you know or yeah. don't doubt what you know to be true. I know. The Kentucky offensive line is very good. It is. I know Chris Rodriguez is very good, mm-hmm. and they could they had difficulty creating any running lanes. And when Rodriguez got hit, we have seen him for this, the entirety of his career always falling forward, pushing a pile. There was none of that right. Saturday. Yeah. When he got stopped, he was stopped. Yeah, and then when he was stopped, it was normally two, three, four defenders. Yeah. and that's so Georgia's. And that's, that's, that's Georgia's Roy, defense. That's Georgia's defense. Yeah. yeah. So that's. Uh, they are as as good as yeah. as ever does. Yeah. You, I think Kentucky uh, helped the op- Georgia's offense look better than I think it it is. Yeah, and uh, that's the second week in a row that that Georgia has faced opponents that have had multiple drops. Auburn did the same thing, yeah. and, and the game was more lopsided than it should have been or could have been. Yeah. I thought this game, the outcome could have been closer if Kentucky hadn't had the maybe, drops. Maybe the Georgia defense. I'm not saying Kentucky's going to beat Georgia. No, but. You know, maybe it's a 10-point yeah. game yeah, or a 7-point game. Yeah. Um, Georgia maybe gets in your head if you're a player. I mean, Could you be. see them on tape and you hear what you hear leading up to when you play them, whether you're Kentucky, Auburn, or anybody yeah. else. And, you know, you, you instead of just playing, you you think you have to be perfect. Yeah. And you're never going to be perfect. No. Just have to execute the stuff you, you know how to do. Catch yeah. the ball, 
upbeat, line up right, you know, all those things. But maybe they get in your head a little bit. Yeah, and, and the positive here, Tom, in my opinion, is the, the chances. Again, I've said that word ten times in this show. The opportunities, the receptions were there. Cohen schemed up receptions against that defense uh, and, and just failed to make the catch on multiple occasions. So, you know, we, you and I have joked about it last week, and I'll say it again this week. That's why there's a giant help-wanted sign for receivers on Kroger Field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Will Levis is going to need playmakers, especially at receiver, to, to, to get with him. And maybe Wondell comes back, maybe he doesn't. But when you have the ability now to throw those tight ends, the running backs are in, are in the routes, and making catches, well, usually making catches, Need some need some receivers. Now, where that comes from, I don't know. But but Kentucky needs some 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 better play, some more threatening players at wide receiver. Mississippi. If you look at numbers, Mississippi State's defense is good, but not Georgia's level. And and then after that, there's there's nobody that's that's going to be close to what they just faced. So I'm leading up to say, the way Will Levis played, yes. um, encouraging, encouraging. I think you can build on that and. Everybody's not going to be able to defend Wondell Robinson as well right. and uh, Rodriguez as well. Uh, you saw a lot of McLean late. I don't think it was any reflection on, on Rodriguez or an injury or anything. I think they just wanted to get more reps yeah. for McLean because I think they believe he can help them uh, yeah. down the stretch. So down the stretch, I think these last two weeks this offense has really stepped forward, yes. and I think uh, Kentucky now has more of an offensive uh, firepower that they can match with what I'm confident will be an improved defensive performance down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, I, again, I, I'm looking at the positives here, not because, I mean, you know, when, when there was times to look at Kentucky statistically and, and not be tough on them but be objective, you know, I have been mm-hmm. with this offense. What I've seen the last two weeks, I saw an offense that – had again, here we go again. Had opportunities, but those drop passes, the missed kicks, things like that, didn't take advantage of the chances it had against Georgia. Played Georgia extremely physical. Uh, played them, played them well. Just, just didn't capitalize. Didn't catch the football and, at certain times. So, uh, there's a lot to be positive about this offense going forward. I, I know I am, and I hadn't always been that way. The second kind of Florida concerned me, but I think I think Kentucky is. is you know, now we're in week eight of this offense going into. I think Will Levis is in complete control. I think he is commanding respect. I think he is. I think he's developing into a passer instead of a thrower. Big difference. I was a thrower, not a passer. I think Levis is developing into a passer. So a lot to look forward to in this offense defensively. This film is going to be tough on on the defensive players and the offensive players. But let's talk about the and defense. the field goal. You well, but, yeah, all three phases. Yeah, the film the film is not going to be kind to the players, and they're going they're going to be sick today. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to tell you right now, they will be sick when they when they watch this film and see what could have been a potential close game going deep into the fourth quarter yeah. to to a thirty to thirty to thirteen game. Um, I suspect Stoop said after the game. I was asking him about if you could tell just in watching before you break down the tape what happened on the, the block field goal and the yeah. PAT. And he said, you know, they came up the middle. They yeah. continued to come up the middle. He said, Man, we have to look at some personnel there. So I, I suspect you'll see some changes yeah. there uh, to uh, to fix that. And those are some 
massive humans coming up the middle. Yeah. But because Georgia in the first one to do it, it's been a problem before. Yeah, it's been a problem this year. You know, one is that's strange. Four is there's a problem. And everybody else that you're playing sees yeah, the same thing. Sees so the same thing. Yes, they absolutely. will attack you the same way until you yeah. get better or get better people there. Yeah, I mean something you'll have to change there. Uh, All right, need to get to a break. It's on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. <laughs> Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report from the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio at our new time. So adjust your schedule. Get your questions in to leachreport at gmail.com or tweet them at Tom Leach KY from Freddie Maggard. We'll be right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Played exceptionally hard and um, gave us an opportunity in certain throws. Um, tight windows, and uh, I think there's still quite a bit to build on, a lot of good things that he can build on from this. The, this defense is going to make uh, a lot of lot of quarterbacks uneasy. That was Mark Stoops after the game talking about his quarterback, Will Levis, yeah. and uh, we, uh, saw, we saw it the same way the coach did. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I, my respect for Will Levis went through the roof this weekend uh, because I understand what it's like playing against a – Defense that is that much better than everybody else. We we played Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and they had a similar statistical defense that was just you know the greatest of all great. You know everybody the the most recent is the greatest, and it's tough. I had a very very tough day in Tuscaloosa for Will Levis to complete thirty two passes again. The way the way it was schemed, the way he executed, the way he went through his region, stood tall in the pocket, moved around, took hits, but still delivered the football, really impressed me. Uh, he was on the post game with Gabe and uh, Pick, I think it was maybe after the Florida game, uh, Florida or LSU, and uh, they were asking him uh, about his friendship he's developed with a uh, thoroughbred trainer, uh, Kenny McPeak, big UK fan, Lexington guy, and uh, uh, he really, you know, perked up when they asked him about it. He kind of was it was unexpected uh, for him, and he his, he and his family were on a recruiting visit, uh, or under, I guess recruiting. I guess it's the right tournament when you're transferring. Well, they check it out, UK, and they uh, went out to visit Keeneland, and somebody took them to uh, Kenny's barn, and he showed them all around, showed them his horses, and uh, Will was just fascinated by the the business mm-hmm. and called Kenny back said I could I come and hang out with you for a day and they've struck up a friendship and actually Will was out at Keeneland yesterday hanging out with Kenny who ran a horse and so uh, you know he's uh, immersing himself into Good. the uh, the culture which leads me all to Tom's question here for you uh, given Levis continues to develop this year which I'm sure will happen will having Liam give us a high probability of Levis staying versus testing the NFL same question regarding Wandale. Yeah, let's just be real here. Levis is going to be back next year. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wandale could test those waters, NFL waters. We'll see how that, that The goes. NIL thing may yeah. could help you keep could help you gives keep, you a shot yeah, to keep him here. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're not round one, round two, then with NIL opportunities, it'd be, it'd be pretty smart to stay around Lexington because, you know, we've seen – We've seen the momentum in that stadium. We've seen the community and you, the community of, of the Commonwealth really get behind this team. So NIL opportunities are going to be there. So, yeah, Levis will be back, in my opinion. And then Wondell, we'll, we'll see. Uh, from Jonathan, 
uh, tweets in. Uh, we were talking about young wide receivers having a chance to get involved, perhaps during the bye week. Which one would be the most likely to take advantage of an opportunity like that? You know, tossing Chauncey Magwood out there before. Uh, Chris Lewis is, is a, t- a prototypical X receiver. You could see him. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Chris much since the beginning. Magwood no. was in a little bit yeah. late. I, I, I don't know. Crowdis would have been in the mix yes. if he were healthy, and if I don't. Healthy. I doubt he's far enough back to yeah, but to yeah. do the, to be there. But yeah, that that that, that position is going to have to going to have to be more productive going forward. Uh, let's uh, get to more of your questions. Just tweet them in to at uh, Tom Leach KY, or you can email to leachreport at gmail dot com. Um, quick thought on uh, the uh, Tennessee Ole Miss game and uh, the. Raining down of debris. Uh, who, Not yeah, surprised. As somebody pointed, I think uh, Pecora pointed this out on a tweet. Somebody threw a golf ball at Lane Kiffin. If you throw a golf ball, you came there with the idea. Yeah, of that was throwing. me. I tweeted that. Oh, yeah. good for yeah. you. Yeah, you don't accidentally bring a golf ball. Yeah. to a football. It's one thing to throw a water bottle. It's yeah. bad enough. But. Yeah. So that that was that was predetermined. Yeah. Uh, not surprised. Not surprised at all that that happened in Knoxville. Um, I think it was a. I think it was a, a tragedy. What happened? I think it was classless act of uh, of sportsmanship. And, and I hope that the NCAA or and, and most likely the SEC lays the hammer down on the fine because I've been hit by stuff before. That's yeah. dangerous. Yes, it is. Cole Kublik was down there getting pelted. Yeah, he's hit trying you, to do you his job. Lose, you can lose an eye like that. Absolutely. That, that's not funny. That's not fun. Yeah. That's crap. Yep. Somebody could lose a livelihood like Cole or, or a player or, or a manager or a cheerleader. Yeah. So when you, you could you could hurt somebody's livelihood by the actions of a fan, I think it was despicable, and I hope the SEC lays the hammer down on them. And this goes for every place, this is including the University of Kentucky. If you're at a game and somebody's throwing a golf ball, Identify that person get, to somebody. Yeah, yeah that, that's 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 classless. That's yeah. They don't need to be there. Nope. All right, quick break. We'll come back with our final segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. Final segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report here at the Wild Eggs in Palomar with Freddie Maggard. Uh, LSU's making a change. Ed Orgeron's going to coach out the season, but uh, they're making a change. And obviously, they the winds have been down since they won the title, but there are other reasons that yeah. stories I've read that factor into this and you know, some tension between the coach and the administration, et cetera. So uh, any thought on what who they might be looking at? You know, I'd say James Franklin is one that, that, that uh, I've heard LSU would – Really like to have uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I think I heard he, he used was to on be on the staff, staff there. maybe yeah. under Saban. Those are a couple that I'm hearing. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is a, is a hot prospect. So we'll see. That's going to be an interesting uh, uh, coaching search. But, Tom, I would be remiss without saying uh, rest in sweet peace, General Colin Powell, uh, one of my heroes. Uh, I saw he passed away today hmm. at the age of 84. So, um yeah, great man. Stuff. Great, great, great man. Great American. Yeah, and uh, since we last talked, UK football lost Warren Bryant. That news yeah. came uh, yeah. right before the Stoop I Show on Monday. Getting his autograph as a oh kid. really? Yes. Yeah. We uh, we we participated in the catwalk before it was the catwalk. We'd always <laughs> my dad we'd get there early and get autographs as the team got off the bus. And I can remember nickname getting, was uh, Clyde. Yeah. Uh, although I don't remember that getting a lot of publicity, but his teammates. Yeah. 
called him that, and yeah. he was great player. He was an offensive lineman that got attention yeah. uh, here, at least before that. You typically saw that. You yeah. see it more now. Yeah, if, you know, for fans that didn't get to see him play or are unfamiliar, uh, he was Darren Kennard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Derek Ramsey made sure to love up on him a lot because <laughs> yeah. he, he was his protection. Yeah. Um, Kentucky didn't drop uh, a great deal in the polls. Fifteen down to fifteen in the AP, fourteen in the coaches' poll, uh, which seems fair that yeah. uh, that they. Uh, Gave uh, you know they stayed hung in with Georgia didn't get embarrassed certainly now I think if you're a Kentucky fan you want to root for Big Ten teams to lose yeah uh, you want to root for Ole Miss to lose a game uh, because um, you know these are the teams you're going to be competing with to get into the top ten and be able to, to be in a position where you could be the highest ranked SEC team maybe behind. Georgia, conceivably, if Alabama lost a second time, maybe in the SEC championship game, but to get a New Year's Six bowl game, yeah, and if you if you got to win out because Kentucky can't do anything in its games remaining that's going to particularly impress anybody other than win them all. Yeah, I mean, this is Kentucky's in charge of its own destiny. Yeah, Uh, so and and I know Mark and I know Vince, and and they're going to do what they always do: put their head down, go to work, and, and really focus on. Monday. This was a great opportunity, Tuesday, you know. but you finish eleven and one. Yeah, co-champions of the East, top ten in the rankings, New Year's Day Bowl. Hopefully, that's a tremendous season. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the season in the big picture, oh, the very minimum you're going to go is eight and four. Very minimum. Yeah. Eight which, and four, which everybody would have taken at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. But now, yeah. So yeah, what, what they've done over there, I think, change. has been tremendous. And I think it's been just a, a culmination of a lot of hard work, strategic recruiting, high-level player development. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people are disappointed losing to Georgia. There's going to be a lot of teams, probably 15 teams lose to Georgia <laughs> yes. this season. So uh, it is what it is. I, you know, again, I, I don't think the moment was too big. I don't think Kentucky was intimidated. Just missed opportunities. Yep. All right, that's Freddie Maggard. He'll be back uh, next Monday, and we'll be talking more about the Kentucky-Mississippi State matchup then. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at the new time for the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to 